So now we are uh, coming to uh, uh, to a discussion we're going to have you with Bjorn under his capacity of uh, Deputy Chairman of the uh, Hong Kong Ship Owners Association. And uh, Terence Zhao, the uh, Managing Director of Xinhai Marine Service, and I will be discussing with uh, Bjorn on uh, the role of Hong Kong. I mean, we are here uh, right now uh, as part of the Hong Kong Maritime Week, so I think it is fairly important that um, we have a discussion on why Hong Kong and how Hong Kong is uh, attractive for the global um, uh, maritime uh, industry. So, and I wanted to thank Bjorn for all his help and support for the forum and, of course, for uh, being with us uh, this morning. So the first question I'd like to ask him is, when we talk about Hong Kong, we view Hong Kong as a gateway exactly to what? Is it a gateway to China, a gateway to uh, Southeast Asia? Is it a gateway to the global markets? How is Hong Kong positioned uh, in that respect? Yeah, so thank you for, thank you for that, uh, Nicola. Uh, the, the, Hong Kong is obviously a gateway to China. It's obviously, um, you know, on the on the cusp of China is is part of China and it has got its own two systems within the one country. So that's one of the key gateways for for Hong Kong. The other thing uh, in that sense is that Hong Kong is five or six hours away by plane from about 40% of the world's population. You can reach three billion people in a few hours by plane from Hong Kong. So uh, so obviously in that sense, Hong Kong is a gateway to a much bigger scene. Um, but it's also uh, a gateway to the world in the sense that it's an international city that attracts talent from all over the world and is very open in, in, uh, in letting people from all over the world work and, and uh, conduct their profession, their work in Hong Kong. Thank you. Terence. Rich, so when we talk about Hong Kong, so what is the infrastructure available to someone who runs out of Hong Kong? that make a difference in terms of picking Hong Kong as an operational center. Is it skilled manpower, uh, technical or financial infrastructure, government incentives? So what do you think? Yeah, so I think in shipping and in a lot of other industries, Hong Kong's strengths, um, well, first, there are sort of three basic strengths here. It's, it's the low and stable tax regime. It's the uh, the rule of law, the strong institutions. If you have business in Hong Kong, you know you can get a fair hearing. And lastly, it's the uh, it's the open capital account and the currency convertibility. Um, money can be brought in and out of Hong Kong easily. Those three are key strengths uh, that Hong Kong builds on. But they're not unique to Hong Kong. So in addition to those, I would say again, it's the it's the fact that. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's on the doorstep of China. It's got these uh, two systems within the one country um, way of operating. And it has, uh, it has the ability to attract people from all over the world. So, so if you are an international business, Hong Kong is a place where you can get international-minded workers to come in and, and, uh, and work for you. So, you. Bjorn, if, if we, I mean, you mentioned, of course, the uh, important factors uh, for, you know, for Hong Kong as a maritime center. Yeah. If we compare Hong Kong, let's say, to Singapore, uh, 
Shanghai is a different case, but if we compare Hong Kong to other uh, mm. free market maritime clusters, is there any differentiating factor we can add to what you mentioned? Yeah, I think there are some, but I think the, the, the important thing to point out is that Hong Kong is not necessarily in competition with Singapore or Shanghai or London or Copenhagen or Oslo or whatever. They are all complementary uh, maritime hubs. I think, you know, Hong Kong being uh, the fourth largest flag, um, the secretary mentioned 800 uh, shipping-related companies residing in Hong Kong. It's a real shipping hub. It's got real old um, owners. Many, many owners here are third or fourth generation. Um, it's got a vibrant community for finance, insurance, legal, etc. So it's really a sort of mature, deep, and sophisticated uh, shipping hub. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's been thriving as, as that for many years. Terence? Yeah. Okay, uh, beyond Chris, now we are talking about the Greater Bay Area. Uh, greater Bay Area becoming a, a very hot word in our uh, industry. So, so what does the broader Bay Area concept practically mean for Hong Kong? And for those who want to establish a business, so Chris, what do you think? So what is uh, who will operate out of Hong Kong? So what actually they, they can do something here? Yeah. yeah. So uh, for me, the Greater Bay Area plan and vision is very key to Hong Kong's future, mm. uh, not least in a shipping context. I mean, the 13th uh, five-year plan basically named Hong Kong as the shipping center of China. And in the Greater Bay Area, Hong Kong is also designated to run with that mantle, if you will, as being the shipping hub of what will become, well, it already is. I mean, it's already a fantastic, uh, vibrant economic area of about 70 million people, one and a half trillion dollars of uh, US dollars of GDP. Um, it's connected physically now through new infrastructure projects, bridges, trains, etc. You can basically get from anywhere um, in the Greater Bay Area within an hour, an hour and a half. I mean, uh, even from Guangzhou to Hong Kong today is 42 minutes by train. So I think the Greater Bay Area integration is a, is a vision about leveraging that part uh, of China which sits around the Pearl River estuary, which is already the most advanced part of, of China in many ways and has a higher GDP. Um, it's about 5% of China's population, but about 10% of, uh, of the GDP today. And if you can accelerate that development and get it to, let's say, another two and a half, you know, another one trillion dollars of GDP, so it reaches two and a half, then it's the same size as California, uh, give or take. So it's an enormous economic powerhouse. And Hong Kong's future is undoubtedly uh, closely tied to the development of the of the Greater Bay Area. Hong Kong can play a very unique role because Hong Kong has got that one country, two systems way of operating, and it has these mature finance, shipping services, etc. Which, if you pair them with some of the innovation that goes on in, for instance, Shenzhen or some of the logistics. Um, uh, expertise that sits in other parts of Greater Bay Area, you really have a powerhouse that is unrivaled. Yeah, thank you. So, Bjorn, are there any 
specific new incentives coming into play that uh, will help attract more business to Hong Kong. The Secretary mentioned a number of initiatives this morning. And uh, what new business would you expect to come more to Hong Kong? Is it ship management, ship owning, insurance, um, finance, all of the above? I think the, the Secretary was mentioning the ship leasing uh, incentives and also for the insurance, uh, ship insurance incentives will be in place by middle of next year. And I think that's going to help attract more principals and, and, uh, to Hong Kong. I think that's a step number one. I think the sort of peripheral shipping-related industries, including ship management, might be due for some incentives in step two, which would help augment Hong Kong as, a, uh, as an international ship management center. Four out of the five biggest ship managers are present in Hong Kong. Um, so I think Hong Kong will continue to, to, uh, to be a, a great place for shipping companies to call home. But just to go back, the key strengths of Hong Kong come back to this low and stable tax regime, the rule of law. Um, and the and the open capital account, right. that's that's really the the bedrock, on which the rest is is the icing on the cake. That's correct. Okay. So Terence, yeah. So Bjorn, can you give us a overview of shipping cluster of Hong Kong? Well, it, it's as I said, it's a um, it's um, it's an old shipping cluster. It's got real principles, uh, family-owned businesses that go back generations. Um, many of the world's ship management companies were started in Hong Kong and it's attracting, uh, as I said, four out of five of the big, biggest managers are, are here. It's got 800 shipping related companies in the cluster. It's the fourth biggest flag. That, that is the, the, the reason why Hong Kong is a significant, um, significant shipping hub in Asia. Do you see any, any challenges, any major risks that could uh endanger the position of Hong Kong as a global maritime center? Uh, I mean, I'm not referring to the current crisis. Hopefully, this will be temporary. But do you see any systemic concerns? Yeah, first, on the current crisis, I, I think Hong Kong will bounce back. I think uh, it's easy to feel depressed in the spur of the moment and say we are now into our six months of the social unrest. Um, but if you take a step back, and you look at the underlying reasons for all this, then actually it gives me a good feeling about why I'm in Hong Kong and why Hong Kong works for us. The, the, the city is full of uh, very smart people, very industrious people. Hard work defines Hong Kong. And, uh, and people here are anything but cheap. They, they can make up their own minds and they apply that, that attitude in, uh, in their jobs and their roles at work. And that helps propel the business. Uh, if there is something I might be a little bit concerned about, it is the um, increasing uh, nationalization, you know, national um, outlook, the, the isolationist um, strongman politics you see all over the world. I mean, shipping is the lifeblood of globalization. Yeah. And globalization is under threat, and that gives me worry for, but perhaps more for shipping than for Hong Kong. Yeah. I do think that if, you know, the big powers of the world, the big trading partners, China, US, Japan, uh, perhaps other fractions, um, get more isolated from one another, I think being a small 
place uh, in, a, in that kind of world is going to get more difficult. But that's not just Hong Kong that goes to many other places, including Singapore for that matter. Okay, Bjorn, uh, the new uh, incoming president of the Hong Kong uh, Ship Owners Association, uh, do you have a specific agenda you want to pursue? And uh, what do you see the major challenges for the industry and for Hong Kong owners and operators? Okay, first, I need to be confirmed at the AGM on Thursday before I'll be an expert. In the <laughs> okay. So, so, um, but I mean, Hong Kong, Hong Kong Ship Owners Association is, is, uh, is a member's association. So the secretariat and the chairman and, uh, and the people working in the executive committee are here to further the, the, um, the agenda of the membership, first and foremost. Now, we've been talking about some of the challenges that the industry is facing with 2020, 2030, 2050. So I think, obviously, um, environment and technology is going to continue to play a big role in shipping politics in the next couple of years, and that will be uh, weighing heavily on the uh, on the agenda of Hong Kong Shipowners Association, but Hong Kong Shipowners Association caters to members' wider interest with a strategy of engaging locally with the local government, nationally with China and the work that's going on in China, and internationally by being part of a of a bigger uh, community worldwide in shipping. Right? And those those are the sort of three plunges uh, in in in, uh, in our tools to make sure that Hong Kong shipping and Hong Kong ship owners are well served also for the next two years. Well, Bjorn, thank you very much for uh, this discussion. And thank you, Terence, for being my partner in this uh, discussion. Pleasure. Again, thank, thank you, you for everything. Thank you. 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 Let's have a picture together.